Amen. So, amen. So, we're starting um, a focused four weeks of teaching called Find My Place that has a book connected to it that you can get for $5 in the lobby. That's a simple read, pretty quick, uh, that has a small group discussion, has an assessment, and this has just encouragement. And this whole thing is really about, in some ways, giving us a path to walk on with this big, heavy, but beautiful word called destiny. I love that word, destiny. I believe that, that each of us have it. That God's hand is upon it, this destiny. I believe there's a long road to destiny. But it's one that God invites us to walk today. That moves us towards this. It may feel slow. It may, we may feel off. But I believe it's, this, it's, this, it's a path that is there for us to say yes to. One of the things that we think as a, as a church, as a collective of people, that we're trying to even think of us, our purpose, right, as a people, is about that. We want to move people along toward our God-given destiny in Christ Jesus. We want to move toward our God-given destiny, our calling. Those kinds of questions that answer, why am I here? What's my purpose? What's my unique contribution to the planet? What's my calling? Those are big, big questions that I believe that we will continue to ask the portions of our lives. But it's one that we can, we can ask and we can begin to take steps towards. We believe we think there's, there's a path. There's markers that God has set out for us to be able to answer some of those questions. And then we get to do this together. So we want to invite you on this journey. The big idea today, and for some of you, last spring we, we began to teach on this and we hit one week on this idea called the Masterpiece Mission. This was based on Ephesians chapter two. This idea of God. And, and we knew that when we touched on that idea of this Masterpiece Mission, that we are only skimming the surface and we wanted to give more time to this idea. And so today and over the next four weeks is a little bit more time towards this. But we actually think that this is an ongoing focus of calling that we're going to give time every year to. We want to give time to this and today is about this. That I will or we will or you will discover my masterpiece mission when I tune into the signals of my gifts, my passions, and my story. Right? That's the big idea. I will discover my masterpiece mission when I tune in to the signals of my gifts, my passions, and my story. See, technology, and those have turned out to work out the term or the initials and acronym of GPS. Technology is a wonderful thing. And some, this technology, uh, such as GPS, has been something that has, for the most part, helped our lives. Right? It, it has made it um, simpler to find destinations that we're going to. Not, not everyone, but the majority of them. All these 24 satellites put up there in space, and all it takes is for four of them to hit your device, and it can tri triangulate your location from wherever you are and to what other location you want to go to within reason. It will map you to get there. Now, there are GPS fails all over the place. And many of you might have experienced one of those, if not a number of those. But the majority of the time, 
it leads and direct us, directs us accurately. I was going to a place in Detroit, and I don't know the city of Detroit well, and uh, Brian Harris, a friend of mine here, we are going to this party together, and Brian's like, oh, I'll, I'll open up the GPS. But, um, but for whatever reason, Brian doesn't turn on the voice. He just opens up the map and just starts guiding me, you know, by him just kind of looking at it, and oh, okay, I turn here. I didn't like it. I wanted the voice. You know, I was like, hey, um, what, what's the next move, right? I need you to, I need you to tell me because, we're, you know, we're in conversation. We're in discussion. We're hanging out. I want the voice to tell me the next move in this journey. Like, I, Brian's a good guy. I trust him, but he's hanging out and we're talking. And he's just kind of looking at it. But I'm like, why, why don't you turn the voice on? The whole trip, he didn't. And I tell you what, I, I was bothered the whole time. I can remember the pre-GPS days. I mean, there was a season when you, would, you could kind of map out your trip by going to AAA, and they'd print off all these things, or you'd go to MapQuest, and you would print off all the instructions or directions. Or the other times, you would just have huge road maps. And for four years of my life, and you know, Nate and I played in a band together, and we traveled extensively for the portion of the year, and we had an extensive, and Tom did this as well, we had extensive road maps of every state and every major city. And you would open them up and you would, you know, you would look and you, you would go on these paths. And I can remember, uh, we, took, we took turns driving, right? And the majority of the time, we'd drive through the night, all night long, and one guy would be there and you'd hopefully you had a co-pilot in order to help you. And it was one of my shifts to drive and we were going to the Chesapeake Bay area. And I'm driving along, you know, we, none of, you, know you never know exactly where you're going. And, you know, there's major interstates, and there's major highways, and those are wonderful when you see them. And we were on one, and, and, and we were, I made a turn onto one. But, you know, with major interstates, you have two choices. Usually, there's two different directions for that same. You're on the right highway 95. You're on the right highway, but you know that you can, you can go wrong direction. And when it was my turn to drive in the Chesapeake Bay area on a major highway, I went the wrong direction. And in that, there was no voice, like on GPS, that says, rerouting, please take the next exit, please take the next exit. And for two hours, I went in the wrong direction, right? Not a big deal. We had lots of time. We, eventually, someone woke up and figured it, we're going the wrong way. And we turned around, and it cost us four hours of time, right? But there was, there was no voice. There's no voice in sort of guiding us, saying, hey, this isn't the right way. So when we think about those questions about, hey, where are we going? And those major roots for us. But sometimes it feels like there's no voice. There's no guide, right? Like, hey, rerouting, rerouting, take this exit, turn this way, go this way. And yeah, it, it may not be that simple. But we do believe that there, that there are things that God has given us as indicators and as markers, almost a technology for a GPS of the soul that helps to guide us to where we can answer some of those questions, that we can triangulate these things that God has given us that mark out a path for us that tells us, oh yeah, this is the way you're to go. It hasn't left us alone. There is a voice, and yes, there's the voice of God's Spirit of God's guiding, but he is using the context of our gifts, our passions, and our story in this.
So how do you find your place? How do you locate your calling in life? It's your gifts, it's your passions, and your story are, are tools in which God uses for his voice to speak into and to direct us to say, go this way. This is how I've wired you. Each of these are sending us a different signal. And when these signals are triangulated by the Spirit of God through community of trusted people, traveling companions, they will tell us where, where we are right now, kind of marking our place right now, and also potentially where we need to be, a movement in our lives of things we need to step to, or maybe potentially things we need to say no to, where our no's need to be and where our yeses need to be. And I think all of us long for this. Mark Twain said this, the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. How are you doing with finding out why? Life, the life that we have it now, with all of the resources to us and the immediate movies and, and entertainment has this way of slipping into this black hole of stealing stories, right? Has this way of feeling like our story or maybe our calling is being stolen. Uh, it's, somehow we might be settling for less, like there's, there's other things at play, other choices at work to where we could miss it. But yet there's something, there's something more, there's a good for us that is the life that is actually life. Ephesians 2.10 was the text we looked at when we were on this journey in the spring. It's a, it's a verse. I, I, it was a verse, Jenny. It was a verse that was etched on Foster's soul. And it, it's a text that's, that's etched on mine as well. When I, when I think of this text, I think of Foster, um, and I think of us, because it's one of those ones where it's like, it's a promise. There's a promise to this, to this verse. And for many of us, I have to question this, do you believe it? Do you believe the promise that's etched here? Have you settled for less than what God has promised you? And Ephesians 2.10 is this. We are God's, and this is from the, the mouth of Paul, for we are are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. It's a text about destiny. It's a text about identity. It's a text about purpose. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. All right, so say it out loud. I am a masterpiece created for a unique body of good works. So say it out loud. <laughs> that wasn't loud enough, right? I mean, that's kind of like, oh, he's a master. Right, so let's do it together, right? Because I got the loudest voice with this thing, right? So ready? One, two, three. I am a masterpiece created for a unique body of good works. Say that to the closest person to you and kind of look at it and then say it to them.
so hard to believe. It's almost like, well, you could see this. It's almost like someone who hates us. Another voice whispering in our ear that doesn't want us to believe this. Or could it be that we were maybe wired not to believe it? Or could there be an enemy who wants to lie to us at every turn? A deceiver, a stumbling block, a tempter that wants um, you not to believe your masterpiece. That's not an Oprah saying. It feels like it, right? This is an Oprah. This is the Spirit of God. This is a positive psychology. This is the author of all humanity and creation who breathed this upon truth and says, This is the truth. Your masterpiece. In that Ephesians 2.10 text up there, Robbie, if we can look at that again. We're God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do. That, that, that phrase right there, so, so we can do, could be, could be literally translated in order that we might walk in them. Right? That, that in order that we might walk in them as if God has created this GPS path. You've been created anew in order that you might walk in them. There's a path to walk, to go in, that's been created for you. In order that you might walk in them, that God's prepared this path of good works that he will perform in and through you. As you walk by faith, by trust, right? By trusting God. As you walk out that, that has been prepared for you, that has been set before you. Your personal calling is the only pathway by which you will be able to live a fully God-empowered and God-saturated life. You are a masterpiece, a one-of-a-kind image bearer of God, priceless in worth, filled with a mysterious and unique mix of gifts and passions within an amazing story that is exclusively yours, like no others. Augustine said this, said, men go abroad to wonder at the heights of mountains. Have any of you done that? At the huge waves of the sea. Have you gone to those destinations? At the long courses of the rivers. Have you been there? The Colorado and the Mississippi and the Missouri. At the vast compass of the ocean. At the circular motions of the stars. Have you looked up and wondered and been in awe? And they pass by themselves without wondering. Right? It's, it's, it's so easy. We see all these things and we see the beauty and the grandeur and we wonder at them. And we pass by. My, my brother-in-law, 
invite, he was, uh, he's a pastor as well. I'm, I'm in this like family of pastors that I don't know how, right, all this happened, but I have lots of pastors in our family and the majority of us are kind of heathens, right? So it was God saying, okay, enough of this. We're going to redirect these families, these connections. But my brother-in-law is a pastor as well in Grand Rapids and he was taking a sabbatical and he invited myself his other, other brother-in-law and his three other brothers to go on this trip with him to Olympia National Park. And we went backpacking for three days. And I hadn't done that for a long time. Um, and we were, we were just, it was beautiful. I mean, it was so green. It was so lush. And I remember getting there at Olympia National Park. And they're like, hey, this isn't even the, the top five national parks in Washington. That's in the state of Washington. It's like, it's not even a destination. So it's going to be kind of empty. It was a holiday weekend. And there was no one there because it's still, according to Washington Beauty, it was kind of like, eh, it's all right. I went there and I was in awe, right? I, uh, enough where this is, this is like the site, you're just kind of walking on these paths and you look up at the mountains and the, and the, and the streams of snow melt coming down off these paths. It was, it was beautiful. It, it took my, my soul away, right? It was just part of just like, this is stunning of what I'm getting to see. And it was great to be able to see it. Have you ever sought for these kinds of wonders of the world, but yet missed what was right before you? At a few weeks, I went to the DIA, right, because it's free. And I hadn't taken that up. If you live in Oakland County, right, you can go to the DIA for free and you can walk and you can see these. And I, I think I was trying to be more cultured and, and, and be moved by the things of beauty in front of me. And I struggled. If you, and I struggled by looking at art and like, I know it's great, but I, but I wasn't moved, right? I mean, I was moved at certain things and I was taking pictures of things, trying to be. But yet, I think there's some things that God is like putting us before things and to be moved, to tell you the truth, a lot of times I'm moved by your all stories more than I am by some of those masterpieces, even though this art is amazing. But the thing that moves us, and that makes us wonder, is the things that God's doing in people's lives. When I sit, when I get the, the privilege of sitting with people here at Genesis, and maybe yourself, and I just get to hear portions of your story, what you have gone through, the pain, the tragedies, the highs and the lows, what your family was like and where you're raised and what you're grown up with, the challenges, the affirmations, the pain, and the, and the journeys you've been on, I, I, I stand in wonder. I have a friend that said that if we had the opportunity to sit with every person, that, every created human and to hear their story, their story would bring us to our knees. Of the beauty of it, but also the parts of the pain. At times it feels like our stories can wage war. But God is the one who is blending these things together for his good. But he says, hey, right in front of us are these masterpieces. That masterpiece is me, it's, it's you. I don't have to travel the world. We can look and say, God, what are you building? Over the course of the 46 years of my life or the 80 of yours or the 20 of yours. God, what are you doing? This wonder is right before us. Can you see it? It's so 
hard to believe. Can you say this out loud? I am a masterpiece created for a God-designed, one-of-a-kind masterpiece mission. So let's do this again out loud. I am a masterpiece created for a God-designed, one-of-a-kind masterpiece mission. Derek, I'm going to grab this. This is... This is our story. In this journey of this masterpiece mission that we are on, it's not one that's going to move quickly externally, but it's an internal one. It starts internal. Before we go on this outer journey, it's an inner journey. This inner journey of this masterpiece mission we are on is, uh, is completely, it is immersed, it is the essential part of Jesus' master mission. It is connected to his in the grand scheme of things. This is not just independently disconnected and every one of us have these ones, but all of our stories are part of this overarching mosaic that are part of Jesus's master mission that we are included in and sent on. It's a one piece in a mosaic of masterpiece missions, which is Jesus's sovereignly commissioned and organized to accomplish his master mission. So here's Ephesians 1, 2 and 3, uh, 1, chapter, verses 22 and 23. And God placed all things under his feet, this is Jesus, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything and every way. All things have been placed under Jesus' feet. He is the head over everything for the church. Jesus' master mission is to fill everything in every way. That's what the end of this text, who fills everything in every way, every nook and cranny, every up and down, every turn, every brokenness, every failure, every sin, every distortion, every betrayal, every heartache, uh, every longing, everything, to fill everything in every way with him. To fill everything in every way with all that he is. And so, how will Jesus do this filling of everything in this world? How will Jesus breathe the life of God's goodness in every nook and cranny and corner of society? Well, here he says that he is head over everything for the church, which, which is his body which is what's animated of him. The part of him that moves in flesh that can be touched. That's the way he will do this through the church. His body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And then according to Ephesians 2, the text we've been looking at, every follower of Jesus receives a sacred summons. What is commonly referred to as calling. This is how the church will move towards this. Again, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he's planned for us long ago. 
And so Jesus has called every follower of Jesus in a unique way to meet every need in every community if they would only have a way to locate and live out their masterpiece mission. And so when we talk about locating and understanding this masterpiece mission, this good work that God has planned for us to walk in it, about being able to locate that and step into it, how are you doing at that? How is that currently going? If you were to put a current number right now for where you are regarding your comprehension of your masterpiece mission, meaning that you understand the understanding the masterpiece that you are and the good works that you've been created to walk in, if you had to say, according to the percentage that you're living into that, what, what number would you put at it? And so just, just ponder it for a second and write it down on your, on your program or just pull a number in your head. What is the percentage that you say, I am walking as God has designed me, being the full self whom God has created, living and embracing my full identity as a masterpiece and walking as he shows and directs me to the things that he's inviting me into with confidence, with faith, even if there is fear, right? Stepping into those unknowns where there is uncertainty, where there, there always is, there is still confidence in God's goodness that he's with us. What percentage? Did, did people have a, do you have a number? Or does this just feel so, so hard to even guess? Do you, do you have a number? Oh, somebody's yelling it out loud. Wow, that's really good. The whole challenge is you don't have to do it, but I was just looking for you like, yes, I picked a number. Yes, I wrote it down. Yes, I've got a number in my head. Uh, yeah, put an animal inside your head. Yes, I had that animal in my head, right? I was looking for, yeah, awesome. So I was making sure you were still with me. Say, we're with you. Yeah, man, you're not with me. That's all right. Uh, all right, so this percentage. So here's the story. We've, we've, we've talked about this before. So this is in Joshua, right? This is God who has given a promise to his people. In Joshua chapter 1, Moses, the leader who led God's people out according to God's promise, he's telling Joshua who is going to lead this people, and he's going to lead them to the land of promise. That's why it's called the promised land, right? So they were like, hey, we've promised you this land. And so here's the promise, Here's the land that's promised. Moses, my servant, is dead. This is verses 2 to 5 of Joshua 1. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, what's interesting about that promise, those are some very specific markers, right? Rivers don't, they change a little bit, you know, right? But, but in reality, there's, there's things that, hey, these are, these are clear markers, if I was to tell you the percentage, this was what was promised by God. But yet, the percentage 
that they actually, actually took, that they actually stepped into? How much? 10%. That was it. That's a 300,000 mile square footprint, and, and within that time of Joshua, they took 30,000 square feet. They stepped into it. Why did, they, why did they stop? Now again, these are hypothetical questions, right? I mean, why did they settle? And for some of it, it was enough, right? It's like, okay, yeah, this is enough for us. That's enough. We don't, we don't need any more. But they settled for 10% of, of what was promised. Why? They were comfortable? They felt like it was enough? Maybe everything feels like a hassle in order to, 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 to take more? Or it's too costly? Yeah, it is, right? It's risky. But they settled for less than God promised. And so the kind of question today is, all right, when it comes to this text of Ephesians 2.10, are you settling for less than God has promised? And this isn't out of guilt, right? This is out of opportunity and destiny and love that says, I've got more for you. And do you, is there that ache, right, underneath? Because I think so many people, even who don't even know God, feel this ache that I believe is the spirit of God leading to truth that says, I've got more. There's more for you. I don't mean grandiose, right? That more is what God directs and designs and moves us into. His more is so much better than the world's more, which actually isn't more, it's less. God's more is always more. It's good. So that question, the that rub of today, that's the question. Are you settling for less than God has promised? The promise of Ephesians 2.10 for we, you, are God's masterpiece. He has created you anew in Christ Jesus so you can do the good things he has planned for you long ago. How are you settling for less? Of God's promise, believing that engaging. And so, all right, so here, here's our... With this four weeks, it's four weeks, but here's our hope for you to engage in this four weeks, to take some steps. Here's um, our guarantee for you, a promise to you that we believe that if you would engage in this journey to find your place in God's story, if you would take the time to slow down to do this work, to ask these questions, to join with others in a discussion, we believe that your percentage of comprehension could double, triple, or quadruple for understanding and comprehending your masterpiece mission. That's what we believe. And so where do you begin? And so here is how we'd like you to begin. Well, first you need to know your gifts. Right? These are your talents and your abilities that, that give life structure to this masterpiece that you are. It's like a work of art. They are the functional landscape of the work that God is creating. Secondly, you need to embrace your passions. Right? These are what God has given you, the, your passion for certain causes, for people and purposes. 
like a beautiful painting, these passions add color to the masterpiece of your life. And third, there's your story. And your story, even the painful parts, is the canvas in which God is painting this masterpiece. It is the context. This is where we begin, the GPS. And over four weeks, we're going to be looking and jumping in each of these at greater depth, trying to give you tools in order to do so. The tools to begin in this, in order to use these, is this. Um, there's a book, right, called Find Your Place that will continue to reiterate what we're talking about. That's $5. You can grab the book, and there's a discussion guide. That discussion guide is for small groups, but if you're, you're not in a group and you, you, you can't make a group, but you still have a friend that you want to do these things with, grab the guide. If there's not enough guides, we'll email you the guide. It's just a way that can lead into discussions, and the book will help with that as well. It's, it's $5 out there. We paid 10 for them, um, or you can buy digital versions online. You can do that. The second thing that we want you to do is there is an assessment. And this assessment will help you to identify your gifts based on your answers, your passions based on your answers, and your story. Now, this work is not easy. It's the beginning. But it's an assessment that will give you language to say, is this true? To go to your friends and your community, your husband, your kids, your coworkers, and say, oh, I took this test and it said, these are my gifts. What do you think? Here's how I was wired. Here's some of my passions. Is this accurate? And so this is a tool, it's an assessment, and we want you to take it. There's a QR code. That just means you can take your phone, and I believe you open up your camera on it. If you point it at that QR code, it will bring up the assessment for you to take. And you'll create a profile, and every time you go back to that, it will recognize you, and you can do it that way. We want you all to take the assessment. Take it. Take that test. Find out what your gifts are, your passions are, and, and some of the hard work of understanding your story. This will be the tip of the iceberg. But it's moving in that direction. And the other ones, we want you to seek out feedback. Talk about it. it, it don't let it just be, oh, the church is talking about this. No, this is about you, about what God is wiring in you. So uh, talk about it at lunch. Connect with a friend over this. Begin to ask those prompting questions. Seek feedback saying, is this true of me? Do you see this? So find people. And, and the final one is um, start to use the things that comes up. Invest them. Engage in these gifts in a way that would be serving. That could be at home. That could be at work. That could be here. That could be in your neighborhood. That could be with a nonprofit. That, that could be anywhere. But use them. Invest them. But let's go on this journey together to identify these places and allow our stories not to be hijacked, not to be stolen, or for us not to settle, but to allow God to continue to lead us into our places of destiny. Let me pray. So, Father, we know that you are at work, and this was a work of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we, in order to go on this journey, we need your help. There are ruts of disbelief that we are stuck in. There are doubts, there are fears, there are heavy weights that seem to muck us down. We need your grace, Lord. We need your spirit to whisper these truths, to, to second them, to, God, to reinforce them in a stronger manner. 
that they would be words of life. So come, Holy Spirit, and breathe it. And extend your grace that we could say yes to you on this journey. That we could find time and space and, and energy, God, to even ask these questions as our life is still moving maybe at 1,000 miles per hour. So, Lord, slow us down to go on this inner journey. That we would step onto life that is truly life. Yeah, Lord, breathe upon us, Lord. Let our hearts take hold of this promise. That we're masterpieces. We're created in Christ Jesus, pulled into the family of God through Jesus Christ, his sacrifice, his love. And created anew for the good works planned for us long ago. This is your doing. We say, let it be, God. Let it be. Amen. 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 This journey is about grace. And so as we close today, we want to sing about that. And so this song's called Your Grace is Enough, I believe. And I want you to stand and say, all right, God, on this journey, it's your grace. But as you go, if you need a book, they're in the lobby. If you need one of the guide ones there, and if you have any questions about groups, you can, you can grab me or you can grab any of the leaders who stood up earlier today. Thank you for being with us in this journey. And uh, let's call upon God and his grace as we sing today.